are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome back to another episode of Call for Caring's Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I'm your guide as we journey through caregiving together. Their Empowerment Hour will bring inspiration, education, resources to our audience of family caregivers, and the tangible information you receive today, we hope that you will use immediately. During season three, we want to hear from you, so please share your areas of interest in future episodes by one, subscribing, and then adding comments about the shows you would like to see for the future. Today, we are continuing our conversation around young caregivers, and so during our during our initial conversation um, last time, we presented some numbers from the American Association of Caregiving Youth in the United States. There are about 5.4 million caregivers who are children the ages of 18 and younger. About 22% of young adults drop out of school caring for a family member. So again, today we're talking around the conversation of young gifted and caregiving, and we're having Dr. Wood, Dr. Mark Williams share his journey um, as he is assisted by a young caregiver, his son. So welcome, Mark. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And so I'm just, I'm really excited to have you, as I kind of mentioned before, Mark, because we get the perspective of your journey, um, having your son to help you, but also just as a male caregiver or two male caregivers even. And so um, I'm excited that you're here to kind of share your perspective because it is important to us um, to hear that perspective as well. Thank you. Absolutely. So can you share your background? Uh, well, I'm originally from Michigan. I came here to attend Morehouse. Okay. I currently work in education as a school counselor. My wife and I have been together since uh, 2000, and we have a 16-year-old son. Okay, awesome. Morehouse man. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and so can you talk a little bit more about your journey with your loved one and kind of where you all are today? Yeah, well, uh, from what I'm understanding about uh, frontal temporal dementia, commonly referred to as FTD, uh, everyone's journey into it is, is basically the same. Everyone thought they were having marital problems. Mm -hmm. uh, and... So we thought we were in the fall of 2016, we started arguing quite a bit and we have never had before 2016, we have probably had less than five arguments. Mm. So I, something was wrong. Didn't quite know what was going on. Uh, 2017 is when we started going to marriage counseling, did that for several months and then stopped. And then in 2018, her job had her evaluated. Uh, to come to find out she was making mistakes at work. And they sent her home. It was actually the weekend of the holiday that we have in February where kids are out of school because mm -hmm. I was home from work. 
And she came home and said she had, you know, lost her job. Oh, wow. Well, they come to find out they put her on disability. So that started us looking for answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of went went from there. Uh, I don't think the neurologist and the first neuropsychologist did their due diligence in terms of testing. Mm-hmm. So she was misdiagnosed as having depression. So we dealt with tried to deal with that for a while but by the pandemic when everything shut down mm-hmm. and I was home I realized it was much more than just depression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you know when you talk about misdiagnosing because of her age so how old was she at the time of when you guys were trying to figure out what was going on it, it started at the age of 48 See. yeah and and I do I do get that piece uh, of the whole age component mm-hmm. uh, because I think that now that we have the diagnosis mm-hmm. and just dealing with it with healthcare professionals, I see I see our age as as a disadvantage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the other thing is frontal temporal isn't talked about as much as Alzheimer's because I found a group of individuals who had the same experience and they were also spouses. It's a Facebook group called spouses with FTD. Mm. Once I found that group, I got all of the answers that I needed. So there's a lack of knowledge, you know, in the healthcare profession. So, and and that, that happens um, just to give you a, an example as a, as a school counselor, we often looked at our little black boys as being angry mm. versus being depressed. Right. Because when you live, you know, when you're being evicted or you don't have anything to eat or your living situation, right. yeah, you can be depressed and anger can be one of the symptoms of the depression. And and sometimes we but so because my wife was her age, no one really talked about the FTD due to a and due to the lack of spotlight that FTD gets in terms of Alzheimer's. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mark, those are amazing points. I'm going to tell you because that's one of the reasons as healthcare professionals, we have an idea of what a disease should look like. Right. And so we take our bias unfortunately conscious or unconscious into the way that we practice and misdiagnose and so sometimes when you can't explain things we don't want to go to the first uh fallback diagnosis of depression or anxiety or just stressed out from work but really need to kind of evaluate things and so this is just a great example to just caregivers as advocates to kind of pursue when you know something is not right but also an educational opportunity for us as healthcare providers as well, right? Everything does not look the same in everyone. And so we really have to open our minds. And yes, 48 is generally not the picture that you see for dementia. Not everyone has Alzheimer's as well. There's multiple types of dementia that we recently talked about on current episode, over a hundred plus types of dementia, right? But we do focus generally on one. 
And so um, that that is just, that's great information. And thank you for mentioning that Facebook group. And I know you have other resources, I'm sure. It seems like you've been a resource to many other people. We'll talk about that as we wrap up too, but that's just great to note that there is a Facebook group that's specifically for spouses with FTD. That That's awesome. And then the other point about our young black boys just being seen as angry, even the young black girls as well. And there's often a lot of things that are going on in the home that we don't understand. And so this is one of the reasons why I also we're highlighting about this young gifted and caregiving because, because I, I show up at school in the morning and I'm halfway asleep. That could mean I could have stayed up with my mother, my grandmother, my father all night because they were pacing the floor from dementia or I had to change them and turn them. We never know what's going on in the household. So we just don't want to assume the most. People have a lot that are going on in their homes right now. And we need to open our minds to that and not just judge. Right. Uh, I'm going to say this before I forget it because... Sometimes I think that dementia symptoms affect me as well. Uh, but one of the things that I would highly stress, especially if you are married, uh, it it may not be that your spouse is just tripping. There are too many people that I have spoken with that have gone through the divorce process. Mm -hmm. And what they have always said is he or she just started tripping. Well, you know, after 15, 20 years, you just don't start to trip. Something is, something may be wrong. Mm. So there were a lot of people that I was talking with and, and they all said, oh, it sounds like you're getting a divorce. And I kept saying, no, it sounds like something's wrong with her. But mm. everybody was pushing divorce. And as it turns out, something was wrong. Wow. That's great. Thank you. That is great. So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, because of your wife's age and you have a 16 year old son. So kind of share how your family works to kind of care for your wife right now. Well, most of the time it's just me mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, this started when he was eight years old. Mm. But as he's gotten older, I will have him, you know, fix her some breakfast. I'm actually not working. This is the third school year that I have been off from work uh, just because I had to get, you know, paperwork in place, disability papers. Mm. Uh, you know, you have to do the whole elder care thing with the health care agreement mm. set up. But it was a lot of work that needed to be done. And I took off because I didn't want to be stressed out and not be able to give my students my best because my thoughts are at home. Mm -hmm. So as my son has gotten older, I will have him, you know, make her some waffles, make her some oatmeal. Uh, she's, she's now incontinent and, you know, I will have him take out the, um, the diaper bag mm -hmm. that we keep the dirty diapers in. Mm -hmm. So he, you, you know, he helps out that way because at first I didn't think he was having a real understanding of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that I have him assisting, he's seeing the stress that I'm under mm -hmm. and the assistance that I need because her family is in New York and my family is in Michigan. Okay. And and even if they were here, to be quite honest, because, you know, as caregivers, sure, I'm preaching to the choir. We know how families can be when it comes to assisting and supporting, right. especially 
when they are older than you because then they want to tell you what to do, even though, you know, we're now 50 and qualify for an AARP card, but because <laughs> 70, you know, they think they're still more knowledgeable than you are, even though they're not in the house dealing with it on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah, that that that's that's tough. That was going to be one of my questions around, you know, with maybe being closer to family. But I I get it. I mean, you have to make decisions that are best for your immediate family unit as well, and where you're going to get the most help. So, do you feel like you develop a community though of people to help you? Oh yeah, I definitely um, put my skills to use and and developed a, a community. Mm-hmm. I I've had. Uh, you know, I was the dad who picked up all of the kids for mm-hmm. basketball, who coached, and every kid came to our house. Now, there are some people who, you know, they they didn't decide to help. Um, but there are some who, you know, they ask if I need anything. Uh, my neighbor actually is a caregiver to her husband and her mother. Uh, and I've developed some some friendships outside of a support group. Okay. And so what I started doing, uh, we just recently had what I call the movie night. So while women were here, because most of them are women and they're taking care of a woman, uh, they while they were here, I cooked dinner, okay. set the table, everyone ate, then I put on a movie, and while everyone mm-hmm. sat and watched the movie, I went to go and finish uh you know, some laundry that I had done earlier and put things away. And now they want to have a movie night once a month because it was so beneficial mm-hmm. to the loved ones. So what what I initially, what I thought about, I said, well, you know what? I used to have all the kids over here and have play dates because I have just one child. Mm-hmm. So now we have having play dates for our loved ones. That is awesome. I love it. I love it, Mark. That's great. I love it. And I'm part of your uh, group, and I know you guys send out a lot of information, and you try to get things going to get people out, and and really that's that that is so key because you still have to have time for yourself and and be an individual right. yourself as well. And so I'm so glad you reach out and do that with with other people. Now you mentioned that you hadn't really worked in about three years or so. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of how this has impacted your career path? And you know, if you have plans for the future, and then also you, even your son's school journey, or how if it has impacted his journey as well. Yeah, well, for me, I found that I'm I found that I landed in the career that I really love because I miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go up to the school and volunteer actually tomorrow and Thursday. No, yeah, t- uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, because today is only Monday. I go up to the school and volunteer in the mock interviews. They know me at the school. Uh, so I, I really do miss it, and I want to get back to it. You know, so I, I just, it's, it's impacted it in a way that I'm not doing what I love to do. I'm actually bored around the house. I don't see how people can stay at home and wash clothes and cook all day. That's just not, that's, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. I could still do it because I was always the cook of the house. Okay. Uh, my wife 
have to wash my clothes. Everybody washed their own clothes, including my son. He started washing his clothes at eight years old. Uh, so I just, I just really feel like I need to go back to work because that would give me the energy to come home and do these things and, and still be happy. You know, in, in, in mental health, we talk about who fills your cup. And the students always filled my cup. You know, I never had a bad day. Well, I'm not going to say that that would be a lie. I had less than 5% bad days when it came to the students. Now, a lot of my colleagues, on the other hand, I really didn't care for them. Mm. You know, I just felt like they were mediocre. Uh, They were adults who had issues that were unresolved. So. Uh, my son, he's the typical teenager. He's, uh, you know, in this, as we've gone through the iterations of this journey, he has been a typical teenager. He's driving now. Okay. I have him working. He's spending his own money. I even have him buying his own groceries to some degree, the stuff that he always eats up that we never get a chance to eat. So I make him <laughs> buy that. Uh, certain things, he was just in my bathroom day using cotton balls he has to buy his own cotton balls and toiletries you know so um just you know making him get a feel for life and get accustomed to going into a store and purchasing things you know that happened to me when i was 18 you know i knew how to cook and do other things but when i went to i'd never forget i walked up to the a and p in west end and was ready to buy all the tricks and fruit loops i could and when i looked at the 20 dollar bill i understand why my mom bought the cornflakes and the bananas <laughs> that's right absolutely so, um, he's he's doing pretty well he's actually i think the light has finally clicked on he comes home he has three dual enrollment classes and he comes home and he does the work without me telling him mm-hmm. uh I pulled up his grades beginning of the year. He had 90s. Right now, he I always challenge him to get an 85 or better, and this is the first year that he's really buying into that, even saying, hey, if you get an 85 to 89, I give you $50. Anything over a 90 and above, you get 100 mm, Wow, that's motivation. <laughs> yeah, he it didn't really motivate him, but okay. for whatever reason now, I think because he has to pay these other expenses, even though he's working, it, you know, $80 to pay to park in the school parking lot, you know, that he sees that as a lot of money, but he doesn't see buying these ugly shoes for 300 as a lot of money. So, you know, typical, he's a typical teenager. Okay, okay. Now, does he participate in any sports? sports or is he kind of have plans for what he's going to do after school did, uh, matter of fact his sophomore year the teacher he kept getting in trouble because i took his cell phone from him and then when he didn't have his cell phone he was getting on on um the computer at school and, and watching things he was getting in trouble with the devices basically mm-hmm. So the last draw, I just went up this sophomore year and pulled him off the basketball team and said, you're just going to come home because I'm tired of these teachers calling me. And then I just I made him get a job. You know, it took him a minute to get one because of his age. But okay. once he got one, that's that's the direction we went in. Uh, he likes basketball, but. You know, for, to be quite honest, I don't want him to play. And I, I think he's just going to try to work because mm-hmm. I told him I'm not paying the basketball fees. 
because then I would have to attend the games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now the focus is her. And then I have to have some time to do some things for myself. Okay. Okay. And I think you can get much more out of working right now. I have him doing a certification mm. in cybersecurity. And the guy at Walmart told him that, that, you know, once he finishes that certification, he'll be able to recommend him for a internship. So I would just, I think that would be more valuable experience because I, you know, we weren't looking to get a basketball scholarship. Basketball wasn't a company that we were pursuing, okay. you know. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned a little bit about pouring into your own cup and kind of a, a self-routine or so what is your self-care routine right now? And if you have one, if you don't, what would you like for that to look like? You know, I've had one. I was going to the gym. I was riding my bike. And then I thought I was a real cyclist and started clipping in on the pedals. And I fell and fractured my foot oh. uh, last uh, a year ago, September of 2022. I had to heal from that and try to be a caregiver on one leg. Mm. Uh, so that wasn't great. Uh, so, you know, and, and then I started, I like to cook, so I started cooking and, you know, I'm baking pound cakes and eating those, so I got bigger. Uh, so my, my self-care is between riding my bike, going to the gym, and basically cooking. Okay. Uh, right now, I haven't done much of anything, to be honest, but right now, my self-care is let me just sit around the house and do nothing for as long as I can, and then I'll go play catch-up later. So okay. just trying to um, trying to get back to, you know, a routine. I was able, I had planned a trip for us to go to Greece. She couldn't go, so I ended up going by myself, and she was, she was at home with her family in New York, so I got a break then. But awesome. you, you know what I'm what I what I find interesting is that part of my self care is doing what we did last month and having the uh, care the loved one play day because I got to cook, mm -hmm. I baked the cake, and everybody got to enjoy themselves, and I just sat back. I mean, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. I enjoyed it myself. So. Yeah, you know, and that's great. I mean, self-care does not require that you have to even leave your home. I mean, you can have self-care, like you said, just to sit and do nothing. That's time giving you time just to relax and just to self-care just being still, really. Right. I mean, and right. just sitting. And so it doesn't have to involve, Greece is awesome. I love that. But, you know, you can just do something that's very small, something that uh, sitting and, and you know lighting a candle you love this scent or you want to just hear you know music or listen to water whatever that looks like for you if it's five minutes or five hours you have to just take some time away to rejuvenate yourself but also calm from a, what can be a lot of stress that go you know a lot of running and turning and moving and shaking and so just being still can be a form of, of self-care. Now, what do you what do you think your son is doing for self-care? Uh going to restaurants and spending his money. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, on food and won't eat what I've cooked in the house. And so I started doing food prep and I had to tell him, look, if you're not, just leave it in the freezer. 
Mm-hmm. You took this out. It's been sitting here for two days, and mm-hmm. you come in with Chick Fil A Five Guys. So um, he has a he has a girlfriend because now I don't have to tell he he took two showers the other day, so mm-hmm. I know he has a girlfriend, <laughs> and, and he's in my cabinet trying to wear my cologne. So. You know, I'm like, okay. So now I realize I need to get a tracker and put on the car because I've gotten a little lenient with him. He, with that, can I go do it? I'm just like, yeah, man, go. You know, trying to let him grow up. Right. But now that I know that there's a, a girl in the picture, I'm going to have to, you know, pull back a little bit. Reel him in a little bit, huh? Yeah, reel him okay. in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you no, know, he he's gotten a little too grown. Okay, so. yeah, so he's beginning to mature, but you know, just to check in on him too to make sure he has something that releases. And I know he may not be doing something all the time, but just being in that, you know, in that space and not having the traditional relationship with the mother. And I just from my experience, I mean, I helped, you know, with my mom when I was in high school, you know, she was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was eight and eighth grade, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. And so, you know, for the rest of my journey with her, um, it was some form of caring. And, you know, I didn't hang out with friends. Sometimes I was sitting with her. I didn't see it as being a caregiver because I was just spending time with my mom and I needed to do it because people had to go elsewhere and I needed to be there. And so just so they know that, you know, it's okay for you to, you know, you need to have some release as well, because the relationship is different when you're caring for your own parent, you know, at such a young age. So Right. And he, like I said, he's not doing too much yeah. other than, you know, making breakfast or if I'm going to go right. somewhere, I'll have him stay home. And he's only home with her for like maybe a couple of hours. Okay. It, it's not a, a long thing. And the other thing, too, is I was thinking about this is I don't really know where relationship is because he has always been with me, mm. you know, sports and everything. Not that she didn't come along, but I I was the main person. Mm-hmm. She worked in corporate and I worked in education. So I would pick him up if she dropped him off because I didn't want him there. We, we we didn't have that traditional marriage mm-hmm. where the wife worked and then came home and did everything else, you know. Um, so he was he most of the time he was with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he was with me mm-hmm. Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The three of us would be together. Not right. that you know they didn't go out of town a few times together and didn't right. have a relationship, but. It, it's not that traditional thing that we think of where she was the one at the school and she was the one doing this and she was the one cooking the meals. Mm-hmm. That was really me. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, you know, you just, you have that, um, it's, it's apparent, you know, I know for me, it's apparent right. that, you know, she wasn't there. So I didn't have a relationship with my mother and, you know, if it was traditional, but it was, just that parental relationship, you know, that you get something different from a mom than you get from a dad as well. And so I can, yeah. I can empathize with that. So, um, but what, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I think, I think it may hit him more later in mm-hmm. life than right now. Yeah. 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 
I I absolutely agree with that. I can I can understand that. So what we're going to do right now is just take a short sponsor break, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation with Mark. Thank you. Call for Caring, in partnership with Impact Church, presents the fourth Atlanta Family Caregivers Expo on Saturday, November the 18th, at the indoor facilities of Impact Church. This event will include new and returning resources for the family caregiver. What's new? Our inaugural Breakfast of Champions, a family caregiver's celebration fundraiser, and our self-care room. Learn, enjoy, and be pampered for the day. We are also introducing our meditation room, a space of calmness and rejuvenation. What's returning this year? Our amazing speaker series, the Virtual Dementia Tour, complimentary companion care for your loved one and over 35 vendors to support you and your caregiving journey. Register at callforcaring.org slash expo. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. Welcome back. We're continuing our Young, Gifted, and Caregiving conversation with Dr. Mark Williams. So let's jump back into the conversation. Um, Mark, you know, we have um, great memories. We have not so great memories, but, you know, caregiving is, can be stressful, but there's a lot of good things that go on during our journey. So can you share a moment um, with your family that kind of brought joy or laughter or happiness um, that you experienced together? During the time she had, yeah, she's had the, the mm-hmm. yeah. I I think I, I think as we've gone forward, we've laughed more. I mean, I've always believed in in laughter as a good medicine, mm-hmm. and I've been accused when I post on social media of not taking this seriously or mm. being questioned to how serious I take it because I'm laughing. Mm. Uh, so I'll share some, you know, I'll share some moments um, that, you know, we have when people have to mention, you just find it real strange. You have to laugh. So we, we've had plenty of those and they continue to increase as, as we come to grips with what's going on and our depression and grief has lessened Mm -hmm. Uh, we've always i've always been one to to crack a joke you know Uh, so that that's been real easy that's great well you know and, and everyone's journey is different and so until you live in someone's someone else's shoes you really can't judge about what's appropriate or what's not appropriate, right? This is my, my journey right. and this is how I deal with it with my family. And so social media can be awesome, but sometimes there are some things that, you know, we, we need to kind of sometimes not always offer an opinion on everything. So I'm glad that that's working for you all. I can tell that laughter is important in your life. And I'm sure that's a stress reliever. That's your own protection to deal with some right. of the things that are going on. Um, in the way that you have to deal with them. So I, I think that's great. Laughter is awesome, right? Right. So what words of encouragement um, would you like to offer other male caregivers and young care- caregivers as they support their loved ones? I would say 
Because mm. I know it's not easy for some. It was it was easy for me. Uh, I I would say you can try to make it a team effort. And when you see the team effort isn't working, cut those people off. Mm. And I would also say to, you know, don't be afraid to talk about what's going on. That's how I have found a lot of support and resources just by talking about the uh, my wife's dementia. Mm. And what I've also found, I had a, a friend of mine a buddy of mine, he called me and was like, man, I'm glad you were sharing that stuff about Lisa on Facebook because my sister mm. uh, has, has um, she's in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's and they were able to catch hers early just because of some of the things that I had shared with him that wow. was going on with Lisa. So she's on medication and, it, you know, it's slowing it down. But, you know, he, he knows it's not going to cure it. But now they have time to get, you know, things in place to be prepared for this journey. Right. So I would just say don't be afraid. Oftentimes in our community as Black people, African-Americans, whether we Caribbean, African, or whatever, we're we're afraid to talk about things because we think it's just us. Mm. When and when we look around, it's, it's not just us. Right, right. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So what actions would you recommend that our family caregivers take immediately after listening to the podcasts? Well, it depends on where they are in the journey. If you're in the beginning stages of the journey, find resources. Uh, if you're still dealing with grief and depression, you know, find the support group that can help you deal with the grief and the depression. And even though I'm in counseling, I've done community counseling as well. People kept telling me, <clears throat> you need to go to counseling. You need to go to counseling. And I kept telling them, I don't need counseling. I need strategies. Counseling was not going to give me a strategy to deal with my wife's condition. Mm -hmm. It was only going to give me a strategy to deal with the grief and the depression. When if I had a strategy to deal with the condition, that would help my grief and my depression. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, so I had to learn, <clears throat> excuse me, you know what, this person isn't listening. This person isn't a therapist, you know, in society, social media has made everybody think that they have the answers. So I just said, let me cut these people off. And, you know, I continue to look for resources in the community that, understood what it is I was saying. It's kind of like being, you, you know, a person of color. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to find communities that understand us culturally. So I had to understand, find a community that understood me culturally from an FTD standpoint. Because mm -hmm. even with Alzheimer's, not too many people can still understand a phantom what you're going through as a result of the age difference. And then even as a spouse, the journey is different than if it's a parent. So there are, you know, and then if you are a, a spouse who's a single child, who's an only child, mm -hmm. you know, so there are a lot of different nuances in this journey. Right. So basically, you know, you need to find 
fines of the court systems. Right. Find someone with whom you can identify that's been doing this longer than you and get some advice. Right. Find a, you know, basically a mentor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, there are many organizations that allow for you to do that, large and small. And so there may be um, the area on agency, um, the AAAs in your state um, that generally have a lot of resources that you can reference. You know, some of the larger places that we think about is the Alzheimer's Association, um, Second Wind Dreams. Um, there's also ARTA program that focus on African-Americans and dementia. And so um, you do have to look for resources that are in your area that are culturally appropriate for you that can kind of help you along the journey. And whether it's strategy or some type of release to help with stress or depression or anxiety, we all, again, deal with it individually. You do have to find your path and um, how to be able to support your loved one, but also support yourself. Because again, as you stated, you cannot give from an empty cup. Um, so that's great. So now can you share, are there any websites, social media sites or anything, Facebook groups that you utilize to kind of help you on your journey or you may recommend for other people to check out? What I, what I did, I went on Facebook and I went to groups and then the search, I just put in dementia. Okay. And every group that had anything to do with dementia, even if it said Alzheimer's. And that's how I came across, you know, frontal temporal dementia. There's a caregiver group on Facebook called Spousal Community Caregiver or something like that. I don't go to it as much as I used to. And, you know, that's just not a dementia caregiver. It, you, you could be caregiving for a multitude of reasons in okay. that group. Good. There and then with that algorithm, if you're on Instagram, it'll connect you to some other things. Uh, I, so I would just start there and find the find the groups that resonate with you. I used to have X amount of groups. I've gone back and deleted most of them. I'm still with the um, FTD spouses with FTD group. I'm still with the spousal community caregiver group whatever it's called and i just did one that was caregivers of color because they really didn't post a whole lot in there uh and it didn't really seem to be a whole lot of activity so i left that one alone and you know of course you have guard ga i think it's g-a-a-r-d or g-a-r-d yes g-a-r-d mm -hmm. yeah guard uh, I, I would I would start with associations that are different to your dementia. I did uh, frontal temporal dementia association and found association for frontal temporal dementia. So just you, you know, find a couple and then from there, people will turn you on to, to other resources. Mm -hmm. That's great, great information. Just all in all, great information. So I just want to thank you, Mark, for sharing your journey and your family's journey. Um, and I, I will say, I want to congratulate you again. Mark and his family are being honored at our Breakfast of Champions um, this year. And so we're excited to celebrate you and your son and the work that you all are doing, um, not only in your home, but just outside of the home as well, and just kind of in the community that you've created. And so I'm excited for people to learn about what you're doing through this podcast. Um, and so thank you again for just, just jo joining us today. We appreciate it.
Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so the Call for Caring Hour is presented by Call for Caring. Our organization supports caregivers through their resources like today's podcast. Um, We have the Expo that's coming up on November 18th. That's the Atlanta Family Caregiver Expo. This will be our fourth event. That will be at Impact Church. Um, We are partnering with Impact Church to present this event. Um, It is free to the public. The Expo is free to the public. Um, We will start the day off with a caregiver celebration breakfast. Now, tickets are being sold for that event. They are limited seating, but all proceeds support our care grants for family caregivers so they can have some respite care. And so you can get more inspiration, more information and inspiration um, regarding the expo, the celebration breakfast, care grants, and all our other programs at callforcaring.org. Um, this episode can be heard on uptomeradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. Um, we hope that today's episode of the Empowerment Hour has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you.